Hey, what's up, guys? This is JT. Uh, so mere moments after we stopped recording this podcast, we saw on Twitter that David Prowse had passed away. So, uh, you know, RIP to the legend. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk about it in this episode. But uh, yeah, tough stuff. It's been a rough 2020. Uh, hope for better things next year. Anyways, here's Greedo. So I don't really have an agenda or anything. Um, I suppose we could talk about the Mandalorian. <laughs> I isn't that what this is about? You just have big balls full of Mandalorian rage. State of the the Star Wars galaxy. You know how do we feel about Star Wars? We haven't recorded a pod in a year. Now it's been that long. Yeah, last uh, we did an instant reaction, like right after uh, stumbling out of oh. the Rise of Skywalker. You know, like a year and a month ago. Good God. That that movie still hurts. I mean, I you would have thought a pandemic. Months, yeah. You would have thought a pandemic would have deadened the pain of that I movie. I think but no. T. Ross created the pandemic. You know, it's yeah. everything has gone wrong since that movie came out in the world. <sighs> yeah. So how do we feel about Star Wars? Eleven months later. Um, Star Wars isn't quite getting it done. Is that weird to say? Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't totally feel it. I don't. I have so many Star Wars T-shirts, and like, I kind of feel weird wearing them now. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be one of those people who like take their ball and go home type of thing. But it's just, it kind of feels like Lucasfilm has like made their intentions clear of like what kind of fan they want to cater to, and it's mm-hmm. not me at least right now. So, mm. yeah, it's like I don't know. Not feeling super enthused about the uh, the franchise in general. So what do you say? Who is the Star Wars fan? Is it like a Clone Wars viewer? It's, um, I'm not going to name names, but there's these douchebags on Twitter. Uh, there's like Corey Van something and Noah something. Fuck those guys. Um, it's just like the toxic positivity. Like I love everything with Star Wars. Anything with the word, a Star Wars logo on it is amazing and incredible, except kind of the last Jedi. Um, mm. and they're just <laughs> like, we're, we're so positive about everything. I just love Star Wars. I tweet 10 times a day about how much I love Star Wars and everything is the best. And except maybe the last Jedi, but they would kind of like be snide about that um, and like pretend that they still kind of like it, but they don't totally like it. Who is that for? For all their fans. It, it's just, they're just like, I'm a professional Star Wars fan. I just love Star Wars so much. Um, and it's, it's toxic positivity. It's like, you're just, you can't have even the mildest of criticism of anything. It's like, how could you say anything's possibly bad? Cause it has a Star Wars logo on it. So, so there, if I'm trying to read between the lines here, it's not that they're saying that they hate girls. Or whatever, or inclusion, there or, or just uh, uh, differing viewpoints. It's Star Wars is for everyone. They're as highlighting long as, as long as it caters to me. Star Wars is for everyone. They're highlighting like the more shitty aspects of it that they. But like. the, but they're being very just like I'm. I'm so positive, you know. Like I just we're just happy to have Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much. Like we're not gonna we're not those negative fans who would attack people. But mm. yeah, it's like there's. There's no room in their fandom for any sort of disagreement or, you know, really taste. The kind of the kind of nice guy Star Wars fan that you don't want to set your drink down around. I think they have a podcast. Um, they like they got like so. one scoop about like I think they're the ones who like got a scoop about Ahsoka being in the new season of uh, the Mandalorian, and they've been writing that way for a while. Hmm. I know of exactly 
two Star Wars podcasts and mm-hmm. only a third one because one of those two occasionally tweets things from that third one. <laughs> so, yeah. Huh. I don't know how's how Star Wars treating you. Do you do you still feel beaming with pride if you put on a Star Wars T-shirt? I well, first of all, I think that's a weird metric. Um, okay. Uh, I don't, you don't I think don't know, about man. it at all. Like if you're like going to to like wear something Star Wars, it never crosses your mind, or is it just clothing at that point? I mean, I, I, I the only one that I've worn in the last few years, you know, more than twice, has probably been my last Jedi <laughs> shirt. So maybe that's an unconscious uh, a political action on my part. You know, I don't know if it was subconscious or not, but I'm wearing my Rise of Skywalker shirt right now. <laughs> I um, that's fucked. That's uh, that's some real punk rock Johnny mm-hmm. Rotten shit right there. I uh, I had a friend who just had a birthday and I bought her a Raylo painting. Mm. So I gave that as a gift. So I guess as far as like the commercialism of Star Wars, I also bought another copy for me that I don't know where I'm going to hang. Did you um, buy the Blu-ray of The Rise of Skywalker? No. Yeah. Have you no. watched The Rise of Skywalker again nope. since our two times in nope. the theater? Yeah. Nope. Nope. I won't. And I won't watch it on Disney Plus either. I don't want them to get you a single yeah. metric from me saying that this is I approve of this. I mean, I could almost talk myself into like maybe if I'm the on the exercycle or something, like I'll put on like the last act of like Rogue One. It's it's passable, you know, it's just Star Wars action, it's fun. But like I it's hard to imagine me watching more of the Rise of Skywalker. It just like was not good. See, I don't I don't hate Rogue One, but that's a movie that I really wanted to like, or I think there's elements like I really want to like Jen Urso. Like all these years later, I want to say that Jen Erso is a great character. She just isn't um, though. Yeah, and I and I, I I I wish that that had been the cartoon and like the movie could have been the culmination of that, as opposed to like let's reverse engineer it to like the most boring part possible, like a Cassie and Andor show. I still can't believe Andor, making that show. Well, Cassie and Andor sucks, but like a Jen Erso show would have been interesting. But also, fucking own that you have. A, a kind of a main character who made an impact with that trailer and the movie's called rogue one like for no particular reason really yeah, yeah let's yeah, but let's see her be a rogue one um and it, as opposed to whatever call sign because I mean, it's like a like an arbitrary call sign for their ship in that movie right it's just kind of like uh the one dude whose character name i can't remember it just like says it it's like uh we're rogue one and it's like yeah. oh okay just off the dome i guess well and like in retrospect, it's just like there's some decent actors in that movie who were totally wasted, like Riz Ahmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we're not here to talk about Rogue One. We're here to talk about Mandalorian. Are you caught up? Did you watch the latest episode? I did. Okay. What'd you think? Were you excited to see Ahsoka? Were you, were you floored by the mention of Grand Admiral Thrawn? I thought it was really um, uninteresting. Um, it was the, what was the most interesting thing going into this episode for me was, you know, cause star Wars is kind of in this Kurosawa way, kind of wafted between like the Western and, and uh, samurai movie aspects. And this was like, really just like, let's put our Western star in a samurai movie, which I thought was interesting, but that was like the most interesting part of it to me. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I disclaimers up front. I, I know there are a lot of people who like the Ahsoka character. They grew up with her. She's one of the few female uh, characters in Star Wars, so I understand why people would be really into this. Uh, it's, it's certainly okay to like uh, Ahsoka and Dave Filoni's works and whatnot. Me personally, I 
the um, every time I see Ahsoka in early Clone Wars or in Rebels or in this, I'm just like, man, she's boring. Like, I, I don't get it. Maybe there's like s- some secret episodes of the Clone Wars that if I watch them, I'd be like, wow, she's really engaging. But I just find her like bland, generic Jedi, like like prequel era Jedi. This was the most boring depiction of her that I've ever seen, too. Which is crazy to me because you've got Rosario Dawson, who I know there's like controversy of her casting. There is. There was a lawsuit of which many charges have been withdrawn. And so it's really? kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, What's the lawsuit? doesn't know. It was like her and her family were like transphobic to some uh, person who was um, like, like to help basically like working for them, for the family. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really know, you know, whether or not like a lawsuit charge gets withdrawn, whether that necessarily means it didn't happen or they could prove it. So, or they got paid um, out. Yeah. So, so she doesn't have scenes of Gina Carano. <laughs> Shocker. <Yeah. laughs> wow. Also, you got to get rid of Gina Carano so fast, Disney. It's not like, like she's an interesting character. No, she's so boring in this show. Like, and, and they're not even using. Gina Carano's strengths such as they were because I mean Haywire is not a particularly interesting movie but like she has a very specific kind of physicality that you mm-hmm. could be utilizing and you're not utilizing just, it at all just running around with a blaster for the most part yeah like the episode um with her and Carl Weathers last week was I think the weakest of the season um I personally thought this one was um I think Dave Filoni is not a good director at all it's it's everything he does feels so incredibly lifeless and stiff to me. And I think he's approaching the show from an entirely different tone than the other directors do. Like, yeah. like he, it's very much like this, like glorification of Mando and, and obviously Ahsoka as opposed to the other episodes where Mando's like kind of a little bit of a doofus and like gets his ass kicked a lot, which like, I feel like it's just Floney has a different idea about the character than the rest of the directors do. And it shows. I think it was a mistake to have Ahsoka just be there right at the beginning. Like I would have thought I, they would have built her up a I little think fanfare. It's, I think it's telling that the episode starts and ends with Ahsoka, not with the Mandalorian, with yeah. Ahsoka, because it's like it's clear that that is what Dave Filoni is interested in. It's his character that he created, and he just wants to tell more stories about her and name drop stuff from the lore and the you know the old EU and. I don't know when at the end I mean, backdoor pilot, right? It's, it's absolutely a backdoor pilot. I guess. Yeah. At the end when like Mando's like going to get baby Yoda and it's, it's like, he's about to like theoretically hand off baby Yoda to Ahsoka and be like, here you go later out of my life. Now that should have been like this, like emotional moment, like this kind of like, Oh, this is, we, we've been building to this. And ever since he first took possession of baby Yoda, like how's this going to, How's he going to feel? Is is he going to be the one to say, no, he can't do it? And instead, he was just fully ready to hand him off like it was nothing. Like the, the way that scene was directed was so bizarre to me uh, because I don't think Dave Filoni cares about anything to do with Mando and Baby Yoda. I think he's busy thinking about like, oh, I got to put this reference to Tython in there and ooh, we'll drop a hint about another Jedi. Maybe it's Ezra, my other lame ass character I created. So that's where I am with the show. Um, I, I, also, I I think it's so obvious that the strength of the show is the relationship between Mando and Baby Yoda. Like that's kind of the show, and it doesn't seem like Dave Filoni's interested in that. Also, who picked the name? Grogu. Gro- we're just to say Baby, Baby Yoda, right? I'm just saying Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Grogu. Yeah. Grogu Skywalker. 
just like all cats are kittens, all vampires are Draculas, all baby Yodas are baby Yodas. Mm-hmm. Even uh, the also, scene where where um, Ahsoka decides to stop fighting because she's seen baby Yoda, like when they first like run into each other. And she's seen baby Yoda and it's like, okay, well, she's met Yoda, so that's going to have an impact on her. But it was like she was spotting like a ticket on her speeder not like, holy shit, it's a Yoda. Like there was no sense of wonder or fascination or anything there. Which is something that I think they did an interesting job with the little bits of her that I've seen in the Clone Wars cartoon is that she was a character who felt things and like emoted. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, in the... In the Rebels area era, they kind of had her as like a more stoic. Yeah, like, she just came Jedi off with no name, generic Jedi. Yeah. Uh, um. Also, I'm going to ask a really dumb question that that you'll probably Shoot. hate me for. Mm-hmm. Is that Michael Bean? That was Michael Bean. Yeah. Wow, this is some city miles, Michael. That Bean. just continues this weird trend of the Mandalorian, like bringing in these like fairly well known guest stars who were either like old stars from the '80s or like comedians. And they're just like these one-offs. I don't know. I found the the casting decisions very bizarre well, on the show. I I just thought like the small part by like Titus Welliver was so weird. Mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, not that I love Titus Welliver, but I would think you could use Titus Welliver more than that. It almost seems like stunt casting in place of writing or character yeah. development. You know, they're like, well, we're not gonna, even going to bother trying to make this a real character, but so we'll just cast some guy from Deadwood to play the part and that'll do the work for us. Like I said, uh, my favorite episode of this season so far was, and I do think this season is better than the season one, um, is uh, the second one where they're just like in the ice cave with... Uh, the spider uh, things. Yeah, and Frog Mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I Frog thought... Frog Lady. I thought that was probably the most, I don't know, just fun, interesting Star Wars-y episode to me. It felt... I, I think one of my problems with the last episode, uh, the one with Ahsoka, is that it felt so small but not mm-hmm. in a good way. Whereas like Boba Fett or not Boba Fett, um, Mando crash landing and, and like these weird spiders, like that feels appropriately scaled, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like a Jedi is attacking this town that seemingly is inhabited by like 30 people, you know? And it's like, but somehow this lady knows where grand Admiral Thrawn is like the magistrate, like everything just seems so small to me. And this, yeah. as compared to like, yeah, sure, you just crash land on a weird ice planet and there's spiders and you have to get away. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, then you're like trapped in your cockpit. I didn't like the ending of that with the X-Wing oh, pilots the, just being like, we're going to give you a pass because the script says so. Yeah, yeah. I, The X-Wing detective guy there, I, I'm not really feeling his character because he just seems like a traffic cop. Is that the same guy in the following one or the one with... Yeah. with uh, <laughs> That so, fucking asshole. Oh, so from your, uh, you're from Alderaan, huh? You lose anyone? Everyone. <laughs> well, it's like uh, she's got a rebel tattoo on her cheek. She's from Alderaan. Do the math. I don't think that actor, because you say it's not an actor. They're like these these I think guys he, are he, all, he's like a all like cosplay crew. legend. He might act in something else, though. But, okay, but the like other Filoni dude is Filoni, was, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like. The guy is not bringing like a, a guile to the role to make me think that he's just like subtly manipulating her to like enact, like radicalize her to rejoin the cause. I feel like he's just like a dumbass who's just, mm-hmm. oh, so uh, your dad worked in the World Trade Center, huh? Did he die? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God, shut the fuck up. But then again, she hates trans people, so fuck her. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could just not see that character again and be fine. 
Or well, why are you going back cast. to that fucking planet? That's like his home base, practically. That's so stupid to me. Like, I mean, especially the way space would be, I would think that you would constantly be moving away from places like that. I mean, I know the show's supposed to be, it's supposed to take place on the outer rim mostly. So it makes sense that most of the places they're going to are like these small little, you know, outposts. But I kind of feel, I need to see like a real city one of these times. You know, like everything just feels very small. I feel like we're starting to see the limits of the way it's produced. With the uh, like all the, like the um, the live video screens that, that they like have the uh, the lo- locations on like the virtual sets like mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that where everything just feels kind of small and mm-hmm. it's it's always just like they show up in a, a town with like one road that he walks down mm-hmm. and that's all you're gonna see every episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could probably wear out your Western and your Throne of Blood references mm-hmm. like real fast. Well, I'm not entirely sure what their ultimate purpose with all their Western motifs are, because I, I, if you're watching, say, like episode two, there's like some really obvious like searchers parallels. You know, mm-hmm. Star is always trafficked in Western imagery, but it's usually for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like they're usually trying to invoke some iconography and, you know, kind of semiotic connections there for the hero journey. But the Mandalorian is seems to be a Western because they're like, let's make a Star Wars Western. Mm-hmm. but is there anything kind of thematic underneath well, I mean, that? Like, it doesn't feel like they're really putting a ton of thought into that. So one thing that, that got me thinking was in this one, um, there's a part where she's just like, I want to watch you like call to him. Mm-hmm. Which, first of all, I, I find that the whole, like he, he was trained at some point in the Jedi temple mm-hmm. really makes it seem like baby Yoda's seriously regressed. You and and I mean? also seemingly really should have known not to eat those eggs. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, or even something. more but, of a fucking genocidal maniac. But uh, well, is it genocide or is it just fucking of her? Particular it's her family. family line, sure. Yeah, but um, I know that's a very small point to make. But uh, so she's just like, I want to, I want to like watch fatherhood in action here, and this is where it broke down for me because I'm like, he's a faceless masked man. You're you're not seeing shit here, lady. Like like you're not seeing. I mean, I then like is like that the metaphor? It's like we're going to really get under the mask of like masculine paternity or whatever. I, I don't know where the show is going. I mean, it's it's a Saturday it morning like cartoon been, it, slash it is, video game. It is a total cartoon slash video game. If there's any depth to it at all, it's between Mando and Baby Yoda. But it feels like it's taken a real detour this season because we have to keep dropping in like Clone Wars and Rebels characters. Um, well, we don't have to. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> well, what, what depresses me is like after I think it was the, the Bo-Katan episode, like after that episode aired, I'm like, well, I'll go see what Reddit thinks about it. And like all the comments were just like, oh, my God, they said the name. They said Ahsoka, best part of the episode. And I'm just like, OK, well, that's just this one person. Let me keep scrolling. And it's like seemingly everyone who liked the episode liked it because Bo-Katan was in it and they said the word Ahsoka. And it's like, OK, but like, was the episode good? You know, like, OK, yes, they have referenced something from the lore that you recognize. But like anything else you know were there any other good moments for you or is it just literally that they 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 made a reference that you liked and it, it seems like that's it's that way every episode or they're like oh my god they, they you know ahsoka was in it or they 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 dropped grand admiral thrawn's name it's like okay but what about the you know like do you walk out of an avengers movie and be like yeah man the best thing about that movie was thanos at the end when he like showed up for five seconds like no like you have like favorite stuff that happens in the main storyline 
It's not just a bunch of like references. No one's talking about that Akbar's cool fisherman sweater. Yeah. Yeah, nice out too there. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I uh, I just laughed at uh, um, uh, Starbucks crew there. The guy is the the guy who fucked over Eva Green in Casino Royale. It's like, oh, he's getting work, huh? A guy who fucked over Eva Green. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He gets he gets his comeuppance in Quantum of Solace. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Might have been, yeah. He's just like, I have a particular Eurotrash terrorist look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I just, I, I've seen a lot of clips on, on YouTube of Ahsoka in action, like from the last season of Clone Wars and all this stuff. But like, I just thought this was like the most boring version of her. I don't think Dave Filoni is a very good director and that has a lot to do with it. Um, I don't really don't think much of him as a writer either. I think he can write cartoons. Um, so yeah, they're just, I didn't sense a bunch of like weight or gravity in her scenes. I also thought that just like the choreography, the fights weren't very good. Maybe that's just what a TV budget gets you. Um, especially like having to wear like the headdress and all that, like the prosthetics is, I know some things in, in Hollywood where you think that the creator, like you hear the creators, the showrunner, and then they, they do like the old, um, uh, what is that called in LA? Like they do like the Paley Fest interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then like later you find out like, well, they're not actually really the showrunner. And so I keep thinking like, is Favreau really running this show? And or is he just like, I'm stuck with this guy? He's like definitely the- running it. Like he's written every episode except this last one. Okay. So like it's it's mostly him. And it seems like what Star Wars is to John Favreau is pretty much video games you know like that's the strong vibe i get is it like really simplistic formulaic plots like you know mando shows up somewhere he needs information but he has to go do job for somebody first and we're gonna put a lot of references into the old video games i mean is it just like was kathleen kennedy like john can you take on dave for a while let him do his little thing until we like get a show for him and then he'll be out of your hair, it, we promise. It definitely seems like they're trying to, you know, let Dave Filoni learn on the fly how to do this live action stuff. I just don't think he's very good at it. It, it could be worse. It, I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. It could be a lot worse. And I don't know, man. I'm trying to struggle to say something nice about Dave Filoni. Like, I, I feel like the guy likes his version of Star Wars a lot, which I, I, it just I seems at like least his, appreciate that. His main qualification is that he loves Star Wars so much. And that's, this is not and a good example, but like that Perry Mason show, those people didn't care about making a Perry Mason show. They cared about making a show and they just called it Perry Mason. Yeah. And that's, that's something different. This guy at least likes Star Wars. It, it just, it makes me think of an attack of the clones uh, before Padme gets attacked and like Anakin and Obi-Wan are talking there and um, about how he can't trust politicians and, Anakin's like, well, what about, uh, you know, Senator Palpatine? And Obi-Wan says, I have observed that, you know, Senator Palpatine's like very good about, you know, pleasing who he needs to please. And I feel like that's Dave Filoni. He knows mm. where his bread is buttered. He knows how to say the right things to the, the fanboys, you know, that like he's they're on his side. He's a true fan. And so he can kind of do man. what he wants. Yeah, it's a skill. I mean, like, you know, if I was running a show. I feel like quote unquote talking to the fans would be like the uh, the part of the job that I failed constantly. Because <laughs> um, I mean, the whole idea that I don't know once they have a certain expectation 
and, and uh, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to put this in the words because it's like yes, your fan should have ownership. They literally, like you said, have a closet full of the fucking t-shirts. But I don't know. Like there's, I've seen this in other shows that you and I, you and I talk about regularly. Like getting upset when it's like your ship or your whatever or your thing, and it's well, you have the, to have the the courage of your own artistic vision to do your own yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, like the. The unlike the you know was talking back to PLO again, the the thing that the phrase that anyone whenever they type it onto the Reddit that I think they should immediately be ejected out of the Reddit you know like like a like a seat shooting them into the air mm-hmm. is whenever they say some variation of well if they would only let the fans write the show, but <laughs> boing you're out of the show you're you're out of the Reddit you're you're bye bye like I don't know yeah so it's a skill well I mean, we we saw what happens when you cater the fans it's called uh, episode nine it wasn't very good. Oh. Especially those fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, especially that's the thing too is the which which faction you side with is a big deal, and they should know because of the whole fucking um, the core, the hidden core, the actual Phantom Menace behind those disgusting parts of the fandom. The ones who were very upset that uh, they felt like Rogue One implied that people like Trump were bad people or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like you know where this is coming from. You're not stupid. You're just they're loud. So you're just catering to these, you know, I don't know, like Zack Snyder adjacent fans. Uh. Yeah, everything's a culture war now. I thought you'd be the one with your blood pressure up in this episode. Apparently it's me. Oh, and then you mean the recording this episode? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to be zen about it, you know. Cool. Maybe, you know, I'm I'm fucking forty now. Maybe Star Wars just really isn't uh intended for me anymore. Oh That's put fine. that on a t shirt. Mm-hmm. Put that on a t shirt. <laughs> That could be like an opening crawl t-shirt. <laughs> I'm 40 now. Maybe Star Wars isn't for me anymore. Uh, whatever, man. I it just was... bought two. I just bought two Raylo prints, so it better be. <laughs> it just seemed like such a classic Filoni moment when uh, when Ahsoka says, "I sense much fear in you," to Baby Yoda because it's like, "Hey, look, guys, we did it. We did the reference prequel memes. Got it." Like, it just yeah. that's that's such classic Filoni. Like he's. He's always working in the, hey, guys, I know Star Wars so well. I did another reference. It's not really yeah. what I'm here for when it comes to Star Wars. Like, I'm trying to think of The Last Jedi had any of that kind of stuff in it, really. I mean, the closest you get maybe is um, just literally playing back the old message from Princess Leia. Mm. But that was, I don't know, very poignant because Carrie Fisher had passed away before the movie came out. Like, I don't know, that to me, that that hits a lot differently than, like, just making sure that you you put in a, a callback to an earlier movie. Oh, especially, especially like I needed the, the taste wiped out of my mouth of the uh, initial not good reaction I had to seeing uh, CGI Leia at the end of Rogue One. Hope. Yeah. I was just like, Ooh, that's, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like, she has uh, like uh, Ahsoka has her like Oren Ishii fight at the end there. It's, it's it's clear that Dave Filoni has like watched some samurai movies, but I just don't think in the direction or the editing he is capable of actually pulling them off in in any way that's um I don't know engaging or exciting. Like it just felt really flat to, and boring. Am I supposed to know who the magistrate is? I don't think so. I think okay. that's a, just a new character. But that is Could, to me part of the problem is that like they do so much name dropping or like. Wait, is there some fucking like comic book I need to read to like appreciate this? Like to me, that's it. It feels very alienating 
when they're being so reliant on like, well, you just have to go watch these three seasons of the Clone Wars and this all makes sense. Like, I don't want to fucking do that. You know, can I just enjoy this show? I mean, I'm I'm all for the show having nods to the supplemental material and I'm all for it not like directly negating it. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's good practice to 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 be reliant upon it like like you're going to be lost if you don't know i mean because like i don't know who if there are casual fans of this that they know who the fuck grand animal thrawn is well think about um take it back to marvel again um every so often marvel will introduce a side character in a movie um i'd say it worked okay for black widow uh hawkeye was pretty stupid uh when they bring in spider-man in civil war spider-man's the probably the third most famous comic character in the world. Like literally everyone knows who Spider-Man is. So you can do that. You can just drop him right in there and everyone's like, fuck yeah, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is not Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Like she just isn't. So like you got to give us a little more than just there. She is generic Jedi, you know, like, aren't you excited? It's like, well, no, not unless I watch the clone wars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and plus, the nature of these streaming services too is I, I know people who are big Star Wars fans. They have not seen the Mandalorian because mm-hmm. they don't have Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, so it's it's so hidden away. Uh, I don't know. That's why I'd be really frustrated if this became like a movie, just because it's not like it's on free network TV, where it's much more reasonable that people might have a chance to view it. Got to pay the mouse. Yeah. 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 Are you, are you excited for Grand Admiral Thrawn? No, I don't know what the, what the, I mean, at least the little like, like end of episode nods to, to Gideon. It's like, at least I've seen him on the show. At least part of the show. Yeah. Oh, I mean, again, I feel like Giancarlo Esposito is so wasted on the show. It's like, he's done this, this villain mode so many mm-hmm. times now. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not as egregious as squeezing in um, Darth Maul. That was pretty bad. That was that was just such blatant fan service at the end of Solo, yeah. But I just I don't see Mando taking on Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, it, it the the scale feels wrong. Yeah, and also like to me, it's it's weird even having Ahsoka on the show. She's kind of canon breaking as it is because she's just mm-hmm. like it's it's five years after the Rebels won, and she's like, no, I'm not going to train Baby Yoda because fuck that. But uh, maybe go take him to some mountain somewhere, and maybe some other Jedi will find him. It's like you couldn't at any point suggest that he go see Luke Skywalker. Like, have mm-hmm. you gone to see Luke? Because I'm not sure why you wouldn't have. Right. You know, like the, the guy but, literally building a Jedi Academy. Yeah, yeah, like, but obviously you haven't because you didn't exist when uh you know the original star wars was created or the prequels you know it's like you're you're just being you're a character who's constantly retconned into the moment because you, mm-hmm. you didn't exist when all these stories were originally told and so you can never go interact with these uh characters without kind of like breaking the canon somewhat and so we just get like these weird excuses and handways for why your story never seems to intersect with the main story well and like honestly like three years from now if there's a scene where baby Yoda goes and meets baby Ben Solo, mm-hmm. does that work? No, it'd be like, I don't know, six or seven years old by then. But, but I mean, does that, does that work? Does that make sense? Does that break the canon further? Although also is Ben Solo like persona non grata with Disney and Lucasfilm? 
So you watched the you watched the, the holiday Lego special. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. It was it was fine. It was a, like kind of a robot chicken meets like cursed child, you know. Mm. Or it's like let's let's travel back in time to many famous Star Wars moments and make some jokes. Mm. Um I, I don't know. I if you're looking for like good character stuff, there's not a ton there. Mm. It's mostly mm. just an excuse for lots of like Luke and Vader flashbacks. I'm kind of stunned that they're actually releasing Daisy Ridley's movie. Oh, Chaos the, Walking? Well, I mean, yeah. obviously they were going to eventually. They don't. Not well, I mean, it's just, losing, just yeah. losing more money by the minute. I, I mean, I'll, I, I'll certainly watch it, I guess. Also, I don't, I don't get the value of Tom Holland outside of Spider-Man either, because he looks like kids, a child. Kids love Tom Holland. Yeah, because he looks like a child. That, that, that dude is on like the the mood board of like every teenage girl out there. Is he though? Yeah, he's that dude is, is he, big. Yeah. Is he a hunk? He is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, this is I maybe I'm he's glad big I'm with not the like, the, I'm I'm glad I'm not in the TikTok scene or mm-hmm. whatever. He he went and did that uh lip sync video, dresses Rihanna. Yeah, he's huge with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that'll be a surprise hit. I've I've heard that the book is very odd and like not like your typical YA book. So yeah, but apparently this is like not a because like it's like the knife of never letting go is the name of it. Hmm. Okay. Like chaos walking is like the trilogy name or something. I think like that. It's like it's like a reverse Game of Thrones. Okay. Um. But yeah, I've I've I mean. I, for all intents and purposes, apparently this is just like a trash movie. I mean, especially the names of writers they've squeezed in to do. Well, Charlie like, Kaufman, I mean, some, didn't he yeah. have a pass on it? I mean, yeah, yeah, which is so weird to me. Doug Lyman. <laughs> the, the, the cast and crew are fairly stacked. You know, Doug Lyman, Daisy Ridley, Tom Holland, Mads Mikkelsen, David Yellowway. Um, I think there's a couple other names in the cast. Like, seemingly this should have been a good movie. I'm sure Daisy Ridley thought it would be when she signed up for it. It's like, oh, yeah, this sounds like a good project to do. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I felt I did feel momentarily. I, I I feel bad for her, and I get upset with her in interviews because the way she's still being diplomatic about Rise Skywalker in a, way, in a way I wouldn't be. Um, I, I think number one, she has to be diplomatic. Number two, her experience filming and and performing the character is going to be much different from the people watching the movies. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the way she's like realizing that she's basically going to get like mark hamill's career but maybe not with the voice work i mean i do feel bad for her because she is a genuine talent um i don't know i just want the entire cast of the last jedi to be in the next nice out well like the whole cast i find john player gonna be a very interesting character because i i I agree with him with like half the things and then i get upset with him just because of the way i feel like he enabled behavior against um kelly marie tran you know what I mean? Like, I I think he's especially bringing up some incredibly good points about just being a person of color working in Hollywood and things he's had to deal with. And I'm and I'm very proud of him for putting his celebrity on on the risk for, you know, like staging BLM protests on his own. I mean, it seems like the the stuff in England he's been doing. It seems like he's like a one man, you know, uh, um, awareness machine. But some of those comments i mean i know they're out of context they're in interviews his, but his like, initial reactions to the kelly marie trans stuff yeah 
perhaps. Well, just like the perhaps the, the, he the just one, didn't phrase himself very well. The one where he's like upset because he didn't get to hang out with his friends and he got stuck with like other characters. It's like mm-hmm. Kelly Marie Tran seems fucking delightful. Yeah, I want her. She's my number one. I want her in Knives Out too. Yeah, Thrawn. I maybe that will be part of the Ahsoka spinoff. I I can't say I'm super excited to see Thrawn in live action. Not after what they did to him in Rebels, where he was just another boring generic Imperial officer. Um, I don't. Did you sorry, good. Did you tweet some Photoshop picture circa Rogue One of what's his name, the Australian guy as Thrawn? Yes, the Australian guy. Uh, it didn't Hugo work, Weaving? my friend. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Do uh, I look like I'm running Wayne Enterprises? <laughs> I don't recall. It's possible. Those are dentures, right? He's got dentures. Right? I, I mean, he, he, I mean, he maybe he just weird. got like caps or something. Okay. Um, I don't know. Thrawn. I, I should be excited to hear about Thrawn, but I'm not. Like those were literally the books that really got me into Star Wars as a kid. Like I love those books. The the original uh, Timothy Zahn trilogy. But I I like Thrawn as a piece of that story. Just taking him out of it and being like, look, it's Thrawn. He analyzes his opponent's artwork and he's an evil genius. I, I, I don't think he's super interesting apart from the story he was, you know, uh, participating in. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like in which version of this is this? Because, too, because there's a book version there's like a retcon book version there's like a rebels version mm-hmm. like he becomes like the final villain in rebels right i guess yeah i i bailed on rebels midway through season three because the thrawn stuff i found just so bad that i was just like i can't believe you you took this interesting character from one story and like ripped everything that was interesting out of him to pop in him into this stupid cartoon where he's just like getting beaten by these idiots every week yeah which, from what I remember of the initial Zahn trilogy, there's honestly nothing in there that couldn't kind of be slotted into the sequel trilogy, like just because the way it... more or less. But I mean, to me, it was it wasn't. I mean, I, obviously, where it goes is different, yeah. but like those three books. But yeah. it, to me, it's it was the whole package. Like, I don't think you can just pull out one thing out of it and just be like, "Well, we just, we're gonna just take marriage aid and disconnect it from all the." character development that happens in those books and like here here she is she's Mara Jade only she's basically a different character because none of the story that molded her is going to be present mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well because that I think the Mara Jade relationship with Luke is like it's a it's a quintessential you know multiple trope ship yeah I mean, it's, it's the sweet enemies, enemies to lovers. lovers yeah for yeah. sure and I mean and that was what made that story interesting and dynamic was that you had these Various parties like Thrawn and Mara Jade and Talon Card, who you know, it's more are, they, are they evil? Are they, um, could they be swayed to the good side? You know, you don't know who you could trust. And of course, you had all your main Star Wars characters, Luke and Leia and Han and whatnot, you, you know and love, and kind of how, how will they be tested by all these new challenges? I don't think it's very interesting to be like, okay, well, you can't have that, but like we took Thrawn and now he's gonna be like fighting against like ahsoka and ezra in this like side canon situation where we'll just never mention luke and han and leia Mm. that to me isn't very interesting just what's the deal with the katana fleet 
which I just I just remembered like oh god all the shit with the the star destroyers and Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> There's a thousand all, star destroyers and they all have planet killing super lasers on them. They're, they're all little baby Death Stars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and also god, just so dumb. Ezra Bridger. I I could just do without him entirely. He's to me almost insulting as a character. My understanding is like there's like a kind of uh coda scene to rebels where it's um like the female members of the crew including ahsoka like sometime later i thought like searching for ezra in in in, in, in determinate time period later yeah so i kept thinking about like where does that fit in with this uh this mandalorian episode Uh, ask feloni later he hasn't figured it out yet i don't think i mean i don't i don't i think he just wanted to do ahsoka as like gandalf the white basically so that's why it looked that way yeah i don't dislike the ahsoka character i don't even have a problem with them going off and doing an ahsoka show i just felt like this was not the interesting version of her and it's like they were doing some action-based things and what have you that they could have done more of her. Like, I just, I thought like the fight between her and the magistrate wasn't thrilling and it should have been like, it didn't feel like they had a real personal connection. Um, uh, you know, what show is bad is the Star Trek Picard show. <laughs> but do you, do you remember the episode where seven of nine has to like have her vendetta against that woman? And it's like yeah. pretty clear that they were like lovers and it went bad. Mm hmm. But like, there's like the real heat. There's like a, a hatred between them, and it's just like, I don't know who this this fucking person is. I don't even know if Ahsoka even really gives a shit. I was like laughing because she does her whole throne of blood, enchanted evil forest thing, where she's just like, "You've got one day, and then I'll be back." And then it's like Mandalorian shows up the next day, and she's just like, "Eh, it can wait till the morning or whatever." <laughs> like, I just don't I understand know. how this magistrate who rules a kingdom of like thirty five people is going to know where Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Yeah. Like, to me, it just took well, me out of it. Like, how the fuck did she know? Like, she's like some nobody on some swamp planet with, like, yeah, a couple dozen subjects. It was like they fly over the swamp planet at one point. They land. We then just see, like, this one standing set or, or you know, compiled visual, virtual set of, like, this, like you said, like, 35-person homestead. But they, they have, like, a throwaway line of, like, Looks like they're back in business making ammunition or arms or whatever. And I was like, are they? It like, just where? feels like in her her Serenity Garden. I mean, Thrawn could just like show up in his, you know, Star Destroyer Chimera, just slag that entire town from orbit with like one shot of his turbo laser and be like, all right, we're back in business. Well, also, I know how the Empire works, so I get that. But it's like. You've got Gideon, he shows up, and he basically cucks all of his underlings. So now you're going to have Thrawn come in and just, like, cuck Gideon? Like, also, is Gideon going to be... Thrawn would not put up with Gideon, like, wasting troops like that. That that would be completely against Thrawn's character. Like, he, he even has a line, and he says, I am not the Lord Darth Vader, I don't waste my troops, or something like that. So, like, he would not suffer Gideon at all. But I mean, is like Gideon supposed to be like in like season five, like he's the, like an ally, like he's going to be pseudo redeemed. He's yeah. an ally of the Mandalorian. Oh, that's real. Like, but- the, the entire purpose of this episode for real was that Mando needed a weapon that he could fight Gideon's Darksaber with. Now he has it. That's really the, the whole point of that episode. Mm-hmm. Now he has a spear that he can fight the Darksaber with. Mm. I saw that they uh, they're trying to ban the Darksaber toy. Why? It's basically just a dumb. plastic sword. It's a plastic sword that could hurt kids. Good. 
Uh, but I mean, like, isn't that also kind of an element in Rebels? Isn't there like one of the Imperial little underlings like becomes their pseudo companion later on, like the guy with the mutton chops? Yeah, yeah, that's her big like redemption. Arc I or whatever. feel like it's impressive that I know as much as I know about these shows from. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. You're really I mean, plugged like, so into the Rebel verse. I spent two hours one night just watching all the cutscenes from that video game you played on YouTube. You know, I, I played like, that whole video game. I feel like I couldn't tell you what happened in it, though. It was so boring. Well, I, I think you had a pretty vanilla main character mm-hmm. who had weird, was supposed to have like weird heat with two different, like hot force wielding babes. Like the one Inquisitor chick who's like evil. I'm the, like, like, where's her second sister or whatever? Yeah. I was like, where's her three uh, season TV show? Well, she got chopped in half by Darth Vader. That's what happened to her. Yeah, I mean, but also that, it's just like, how many times can Darth Vader just show up at the end of things and cut people in half? But it's, it's, what other resolution can you have? Because obviously they can't beat Darth Vader. You know, I suppose they could, I don't know, come to a stalemate or like, I don't know, be well, able to get do. away from Darth Vader. But like, they, they can never truly win that fight because there's already an established storyline. Isn't there a thing in Rebels where it's like, it ends with like Ahsoka and Vader like fighting and like some temple crashes on them. And then like later she's just like, well, I got out. <laughs> well, no, there's that, that was where they should have killed off Ahsoka is. And I think it's the season two finale of rebels where it's seemingly like showdown with Vader. And then it's like Vader should kill her, but no way. Dave Filoni loves this character so much. He's not going to let that happen. And so she just kind of like wasn't around, like, you know, disappeared for a season and a half. And then like, mm-hmm. Ezra like learns how to access this like bullshit world between worlds, like uh, you know, extra dimensional portal that allows him to time travel back to when Ahsoka should have died and like pull her out of the timeline. Ah, uh, okay. And then like put her back in so she could still be alive. Like they literally invented like like portals and time travel in Star Wars just to save his stupid character. See, it would have been much more interesting to me if like that season ended with this temple crashing down on them. And then you see her like halfway through the next season and she's just like, I'm a Jedi. I survived next. <laughs> um, uh. Also, I I've seen the scene obviously via YouTube. I don't know how the fuck you work in, in to a show that hasn't had nothing to do with him at all. The Obi-Wan Maul final fight. Like I know Maul's like a big character in rebels towards the end, but like, that just seems like, I don't know, such a weird shoehorn. It just, it doesn't seem like it's part of the main storyline. It feels like this weird side canon that only exists in like the Dave Filoni verse. Also, I really despise how skinny the lightsaber blades are in Rebels. I really despise Ezra Bridger. Can I talk for a while about how much I hate that character? By all means. So just to begin with, uh, Skywalker, or let's, let's shorten it a little bit and let's say Skywalk. What's a skywalk? That's a bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you wanted to make some sort of character who is like a Luke Skywalker, but you couldn't use Luke Skywalker because his story has already been told, well, we're going to be really stupid and obvious about it. And uh, we can't name him Ezra Skywalker, but what's another word for skywalk? Bridge. Okay. So let's call him Ezra Bridger. That's how fucking uncreative that character is. I hate him so much. He's literally just like, I am a Luke Skywalker analog. Hmm. Literally born on the same day as Luke Skywalker. 
It's what if you, that you show... couldn't just make a show about rebels? You had to put your Jedi character in it. Which is was one of the things Mandalorian was doing right for a while. For a while, yeah. Um, I mean, like Baby Yoda was like the good cheat. He was like the ador- and that's the thing too is I don't think I don't think they get why Baby Yoda's become a cultural thing. It's not because we wanted to see like Ahsoka and I don't think it's even because we want to see Baby Yoda get trained. No, he's a baby. Yeah, he's Baby Yoda. He's mm-hmm. fucking adorable. We want to see him like stealing like some little son of bitches like uh, cookies. Mm-hmm. Also, did you see how much those cookies cost out there selling them? Oh, they're like fifty bucks or something like that. Yeah, they're it's like it's like four dollars a cookie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my fucking god! Gotta, you're getting gotta real... pay the mouse. That is straight up being fisted by capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're gonna slap the name Grogu on everything now. And I, I think it's like, okay, well, congratulations. You just stake this vampire right in the heart. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really going to kill that golden goose. Uh, I just like the way you worded that, though. What is a star killer or a star kill, if you will? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like it's a Jeff Star, maybe. <laughs> Ezra Bridger. It's just, it's, it's just beat you over the head lack of subtlety. It just it makes me crazy. Doesn't he do something in the show with like, there's like a Mandalorian girl, right? Uh, just, Sabine. He's, I was just he thinking like, about crush that. On her, I, think. I was just thinking about that when he's just like, oh, a Jedi and a Mandalorian. They won't see that coming. Also, I want the show to steer more. Speaking of uh, um, Starbuck and her, like, like their like throwaway thing that they had to address in that episode, I want to see the show steer way more into, uh, hey, what is it, Jin Dejarin? Like mm-hmm. you, you were adopted by a cult. Like the rest of us are all like, you guys are nuts. Yeah, I don't you know can if, take. I don't know if you can take your mask off, bro, you, Jim, But you're so fucking canceled. Yeah. Also, it's cool to like you know take off your ma- mask and like brush your teeth, bro. I mean, I guess they're gonna have to. I feel like at least once per season, they're gonna have to have him like show his face. So I'm sure that's coming up. We'll see. Oh, like they did the thing where he like he lifted it to like mm-hmm. sip something uh, with like a frog mama, um, frog lady. Okay, well, she's That's a mama, name. right? Frog lady. Okay, she speaks frog. Also, she's smart. I mean, the to rewire like that mm-hmm. that kill bot. I kind of was like. I, wondering like if we were gonna have her for a couple episodes i would have been fine that would have been an interesting like if, if it wasn't just a one and done with her i mean it was like one yeah. and a half done i guess you know but like if if she was their companion for a few episodes through their travels also i gotta admit i don't understand animals because i'm not really sure what the dad needs to do with the eggs i think like I, is he just I, is he just chisin on the eggs correct term is ah skeet 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 you know <laughs> yeah like is he just dipping it in that goo and just squirting? I, mean, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what is he doing with the eggs? She's already pooped out the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it does make me wonder where the show is going long term. I mean, obviously Moff Gideon is like the big bad, but like they seemed completely or at least Filoni seemed completely uninterested in addressing like the drama of Mando and Baby Yoda and like what what lies ahead for them? Will will they have to part someday? Mando just seemed completely ready to just be like, here you go, later. Yeah. Didn't seem too emotional about it at all. No, and I read things on Twitter beforehand where people were just like overcome with emotion that like, oh, it's so touching because like 
Mando thought the kid didn't really care about him, but he realized that the kid doesn't care about him. And like, so now he's accessing that part of him that cares about the baby. Mm. And I was like, that's not on screen. Yeah. I'm fine with that, but that's not on screen. It also didn't really make any sense why Ahsoka couldn't train him because it, it, maybe I'm misremembering the episode, but it, I, I seemed to have the impression that it was like, hey, I'll, uh, fine, I'll train him if you help me like go liberate this place. Was that yeah. not the deal? Or, or, if it was like, this is the show. Like a, it's like Ahsoka and, the, and this guy are like raising this kid. Mm-hmm. That that's a show. But no, she was just basically straight up like, bro, I don't give a shit. Well, it was. <laughs> I, I was left with the impression that like, okay, well, he has to go help her on her quest, and then she'll agree to train. Which the baby. is what this show is. Like, yeah. well, here's a new quest. But then, like, he does, and she's like, oh no, I'm not going to train him. But yeah. uh, yeah. take him to some mountain. That's uh, on a planet that's from like the, the old Republic video game or something. And uh, he'll let you know if he wants to be trained. And if so, maybe some other Jedi, not me, definitely not me, but maybe somebody else will help you out because I'm definitely not helping you. I've got better things to do. Well, I think on this very podcast, we had talked about our hope for Rogue One, if I remember correctly, was that there, there should be something in Rogue One that ties into the sequel trilogy. Yeah, that didn't happen. To, to make it essential. Well, I mean, the fucking like uh, light speed tracing. Yeah, the hyperspace tracking. Um, a little more than that. But I would think, too, I mean, if I was just like uh, Mr. Suit um, at Disney, mm-hmm. I'd be like, how can you work in even a passing reference? Because these, these little bitches will eat this shit up. A passing reference to what is it called? Like High Republic? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of sense that that's one of those things that uh, I'm sure the story group is really invested in because that's uh-huh. their job. But like, like John Favreau doesn't give a shit about the High Republic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Filoni might, but maybe not. You know, it depends on how involved he is. Like if like, I'm Taika Waititi probably doesn't give a shit about the High Republic for whatever movie he's making. Well, I never I never watched the Resistance show, but I was thrilled that it wasn't a Filoni show. Also, he was like a producer, but yeah, it wasn't really his show. Also, I kind of feel like you should be moving Star Wars forward. I mean, that's always been my thought. I'm way more interested in stories of, you know, what happens next rather than let's just recover the same ground over and over again. That's just me. I, mean, I know that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you could do it. You could just almost wholesale lift the Thrawn trilogy. Like if you're just like. Let's do like a new Clone Wars thing. We'll have Thrawn. We'll we'll you know we'll just strip mine as much as we can. We'll have to massage you know who our main characters are because it won't be Han, Luke, and Leia. But like you could take a big chunk of that story and make that your new trilogy or a new TV show. You know you could do X Wing Rogue Squadron. Only it takes place after the First Order falls. Like it would be easy to take that stuff and move forward with it. But instead, they're just like let's revisit the same time period around the original trilogy again. Well, and and it's fascinating because Ray works, obviously. Mm-hmm. Ben Solo works. We like Finn. We like Poe. Um, we like these characters. But honestly, I don't feel like the uh, sequel trilogy really did a whole bunch of like world building. Not really, no. I mean, they like... They, they mean, held the, so much back that the, suddenly there was just no time left for any of it. And they're like, yeah, sure, Sith planet, Exegol, well, Sith yeah, acolytes, a hundred thousand, you know, a wrong. thousand Star Destroyers, yeah. The wrong kind of world building mm-hmm. there. But like even in Force Awakens, it was like the little bit we knew of what the galaxy looked like, they blew the fuck up. Or just go way forward because it's a hundred years after 
uh, you know, a rise of Skywalker. So your slate is clean. Do what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you find out how unfortunately meaningless it is for Ray to say to some hobo <laughs> on Tatooine that she's Ray Skywalker. Well, like jump forward and do something interesting with the Jedi. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people, especially like the kind of kids who grew up the prequels, they really have it burned in their idea that like the Jedi are these like kind of pious doofuses who wear bathrobes. Um, yeah. But like, they're not super interesting to me personally. I'd rather see like a new take. Like what, how can we evolve the order? How can we say this is a new type of Jedi order that's learned from their mistakes or something you know give them some sort of new wrinkle well it kind of seems like uh uh like ahsoka is essentially uh like fomenting the same bias yeah yeah she was basically backing up the jedi like no no you can't train him he has attachments yeah she's like really back in this whole yeah really back in this whole thing where they can't bone i guess it's true that if you live long enough you become a republican That's what she was doing. She was just fucking with uh, a, like a Grand Admiral Thrawn socialism on mm-hmm. uh, this swamp planet. On planet planet Kurosawa. <laughs> I just, he shows up for like his next shipment. It's just like, oh, what? You overthrew my magistrate? Okay, well, I just bombed your whole city. Because it's uh, like, you know, one acre wide. And uh, I'll just put a new person in charge. What is the year thing? Is it, is it ABY? Like this is like... That's after seven- the Battle of Yavin. Okay, so this isn't seven ABY. It's this like, is like seven... it's like eight ABY, I think, because there's like right. three years between episode four and episode six. Okay, so but we're like several years after Endor. It's it's like five years after Endor. Do you look at anything that you know of the world of the sequel trilogy, the landscape of that of the galaxy there, and think, yeah, this is what uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn wrought? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, how, how does he survive? This show, I mean, like, how do you do this show and not like have Snoke or somebody like, especially the fucking mess of backstory that Rise of Skywalker pooped onto the world here? How do you not have like, yeah, I mean, like, army of Snokes, like a bunch of Sif, not yeah, pay Alan Dean Foster Mm -hmm. for his army of Snokes. He's the one who wrote that terrible script, right? It was like a treatment, I think. Okay, yeah, Yeah, where Ray was a robot, yeah, which. You know, compared to, compared to what we got, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. Wasn't she like vibing with like three PO at the end or something? Like they're like three PO. Three PO was like complimenting her on her looks or something. <laughs> at least Finn had something to do in that storyline. Three PO is just like I would hit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, like yeah, it's just like Luke's is like fighting fifty Snokes. <laughs> It was like it was a treatment for episode nine, like building on the last Jedi and like Luke's just alive again. And it's like not really explained. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I thought Uh, you died. Did I? (laughs) The Jay Nicholson retelling of that treatment Mm. is art. (laughs) Yeah. High art. (laughs) I I maybe that's what stories is missing is just more Snokes, just just Snokes coming out the ass. Like, if you're going to get this, like, cosplay guy and, like, give him a pretty dumbass, slightly pivotal line in your show, take a meeting of Jenny Nicholson or mm-hmm. somebody, you know what I mean? 
You're not going to like what she has to say, but take that meeting. I think the the We Hate Movies guys were talking about this episode, and, and one of them saying, like, okay, well, they, they did another Death Star. Why not just do another Clone Wars? Like, that mm. could potentially be an interesting backdrop for a new storyline, like a new trilogy. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, that technology's out there, right? We saw it in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I think all is the... The important thing, if you were to go in that direction, is you still need characters that we care about, you know, Um, which shouldn't be hard. But it's seemingly Star Wars is mostly just interested in regurgitating characters that have already been created rather than like trying to make anything new these days. At what point on Mandalorian do they do like a time jump where he's like no longer wearing the mask and then he has to like get back into like the bounty hunter? He's like old man Mando, like like unforgiven Mando. Like what point do you get that? Is that like season four or five? I don't think they'll do that. I, I had no idea what their like end game for the Mandalorian is. I don't think they'll make more than five seasons. I mean, I yeah, definitely. Could, but I don't think so. Honestly, I'd be shocked. Cost too much. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially like Favreau's interviews where he's just like, this is a piece of cake to film and like uh, you know, COVID restrictions. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be more expensive, though. No, I mean, they just film on virtual sets for the most part. No, I still like the Cassie and Andor show continues to baffle me. I think they announced that like three years ago too. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and plus, whatever, whatever the behind the scenes thing of the Obi Wan show. I gotta say, I'm feeling way less enthused about that show. I think when it was still an idea of a show, like four years ago, or whenever that was. It was like, oh yeah, you know, we never really use you into his full potential as Obi Wan. That'd be cool for him to have a show. But as time goes on, I'm like less and less caring about it. Well, but especially since I feel like, especially that the one of my least favorite episodes of Mandalorian, the the one on Tatooine with uh, oh, the, the other Filoni bounty joint? hunter, yeah, with the other bounty hunter who mm-hmm. I fucking hated. Yeah. Like, I feel like that that stuff's all biting into your obi-wan flavor i mean because presumably the obi-wan show takes place on tatooine right it doesn't have to but it probably will yeah it probably will but it's like so stop going to tatooine like obi-wan's gonna yeah. be there but tatooine is star wars so you just you know hey look everyone it's cantina again it's like but get get the fuck away from new hope a little bit like you, you want this franchise to like survive for another like 30 years like don't be so fucking obsessed with the twins don't be so obsessed with tatooine it it feels like with the Mandalorian, they're just they never really want to invest or go deep on any of the locations they're going to because they just they want everything to be kind of wrapped up in an episode, mm-hmm. you know. So we're we're just not really staying anywhere for too long, other than like, hello, I'm here at this new planet where there's like a, a single street of town that I'll be walking along. Uh, what is the new? You know, I need this information. Oh, you have a job for me that when I, once I do this job, you'll give me the information. Okay, I will go do that. And then there's a, you know some action, and then oh now I have to go to another planet, and that's just every episode. Like they're they're never really digging in, you know, for like a even a, a two or three episode arc. Yeah, I mean, and and I remember reading about um, Sergio Leone and mm-hmm. Fistful of Dollars, and the the sh- the legal shenanigans they had to pull to not get sued by Kurosawa for ripping off Yojimbo. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, there's a whole element in that movie. And it's like, it's like it's the weakest of the Man of No Names trilogy. But like, there's a whole element where the loner comes into town and there's two factions and he's like playing them both against each other that I just don't see uh, the Mandalorian effectively doing. Because like you said, he's kind of a doofus. Yeah, he he's, doesn't seem like super calculating. I just wonder how long they can maintain the show as it is. Like, I feel like I've at least seen some people not not the uh the dying the wool stars fans but like just like critics and whatnot being like this is kind of feeling real formulaic you know like how long can you keep doing the same thing on your show basically yeah i I am enjoying season two more because i was just frustrated of every episode of season one but but i don't know i don't know if this i mean like you said i i don't rush to watch this i, I guess show I, I look forward to next week's episode because dave filoni won't be directing it and it will be back to the usual tone of the show. And so maybe it'll be more interesting because of that. So just also, I, I found Timothy Oliphant to be ridiculous on the show. It's a fine episode, but to me, it's just another one of those like guest star things where it's like, Hey, look, everyone, it's Timothy Oliphant. He's essentially playing the same archetype of characters he's played before. So we don't really have to create a character here. He'll fill in the blanks for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, the amount that he takes that helmet off and though his hair is like perfect mm-hmm. as they're like on speeder bikes in the wind. Well, yeah, that, that was the probably the worst shot there when they're on the speeder bikes and his hair is like barely ruffled by the wind. But it's like, I don't think you'd be able to hear each other mm-hmm. <laughs> in this conversation. But I mean, I mean, are we even going to see what's his name? I mean, like, I don't think Boba Fett's getting off that planet oh, to like God. go after. I just remember the stupid Boba Fett thing. Why did you have to remind me of that? But it's, it's just like, care? A, this is like a wink of the audience, right? I'm sure he'll be back because, I don't know, reasons. It'd be amazing if they never called back to it. If they're just like, that was it. That was just like a little hint as to the real Boba Fett and we'll never address it again. But I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Which, which, uh, you know, again, like you said, if, if they're going to do a new Clone Wars, I could see bringing him back in some fashion. But do you he's need like the, him? No, but he's like the grandfather of the clones. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> oh, he's the he's the grandkid of the clones. Because what's his name's the grandfather? Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just I don't know. I mean, I don't know that the I'm, Mandalorian should like really fuck around with Jedi's anymore. Because what's he gonna do? I'm think I'm just still waiting for the shoe to drop to be like, what's the next major Star Wars movie? You know, like. I guess it'll just be and a movie. Is not Ryan a Johnson still on the payroll? Yeah, yeah. Is he still like give me give me something to hope for? Give me something to look forward to. Because the Mandalorian is, you know, it's a way to pass 35 to 40 minutes, but I'm I'm not like getting hyped and watching trailers for it and like, you know, posting on message boards about it. Like it's just kind of there. No, I think last week you said to me, are you excited for Ahsoka? And I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And you said, the next episode's called The Jedi, and she's supposed to be in it. And I was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> and I just, I just think, like, my God, like, you got this character who's supposed to be a fan favorite. Like, give her some fanfare. Like, don't just have her, like, be the first thing you see in the episode. I, I, I would have thought it would have been much more interesting, especially for people who are more like me or who are casual fans who you want to bring in to the franchise with the show, you know, people who've like, they just bought a baby Yoda doll. Cause it's cute. You know, 
like bring these people in by having the Mandalorian show up on this planet and then he meets Ahsoka and he's our entry point into her and then go hog wild with her. But like to make her, like you said, like essentially the star of the episode and he's the supporting character. I mean, it's nice that he can be supportive and, and allow that. I just, I don't mm-hmm. know, man. The show's weird. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday they'll announce another new Star Wars trilogy or series that we can be excited about. Yeah. Well, I'm trying, like, what's officially still happening? There, we know there's a Taika Waititi movie. There's some sort of Kevin Feige produced movie. Right. There, um, the woman. The Knights of Old Republic? Well, no, because that was that was kind of supposed to be the Benioff and, um, Weiss. Benioff and Weiss, but they're they're out. So that seemingly that's canceled um, or in turnaround or whatever. Um, there is the woman who did uh, Russian Doll. Who yeah, I, yeah. I think she's making a, a TV series. She seems to be crazy invested. Mm-hmm. Like those are fun interviews when. Uh, um, um, fuck, I forgot her name. She's got a great last name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing lots of L's and S's, but I can't think of the name. Leslie Headland. Headland. Yes, that's her name. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about whatever she's got up her her sleeve because I I remember she had some kind of crazy quote that I thought was so weird, like something about like. She's like, I want to take the show where or I want to take the franchise where it's never been anymore. No, I mean like literally, like mm-hmm. on maps. I want to take it someplace that's never been before, or something like that. And I was like, fuck yeah. Thank you. Let's not go back to Tatooine for any so fucking they're reason. They're saying a series from her is in the works. So I, I think that would be like a TV show, like Disney Plus thing. Yeah, I would presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Ryan Johnson, supposedly, theoretically, he's not not left the project yet. So supposedly he has a new star wars trilogy that maybe will someday get made well because if they had dropped him like two years ago why wouldn't they have announced that by now yeah i don't know i, I just, mean is it because they know that like he has a loyal fan base and he is not he is not a toxic figure to follow in this like, i mean he's not i mean, my general impression of like lucasfilm pr is that they're just a bunch of cowards so that may be it yeah <laughs> wow you really uh you're doing that thing where you walk up to them and you're taking off your glove mm-hmm. one finger at a time and you're just whacking them across the face of it. And you're like, I'll see you at dawn. Pistols. <laughs> they won't show up. I mean, am I wrong, dude? Yeah. Yeah. But how how exciting would that be to be like, hey, another actual real filmmaker who isn't going to just regurgitate nostalgia is like if, if Ryan Johnson does a new star Wars trilogy, it's going to be because he has a lot of really interesting ideas. Uh, he's going to make that, that theoretical, you know, movie for adults that we always wanted, like what the last Jedi was. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that would be exciting if that happens. Well, and like, you know, I, I enjoyed Ragnarok. I think I'm most looking forward to the Taika Waititi Thor movie. Cause mm-hmm. it just seems other than Chris, Chris Pine being in it or not Chris Pine, uh, Pratt, everyone's least favorite, Chris. Like, he seems like a really fun, chaotic figure. And that's what I want him to bring to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just his bit with the scout troopers who, like, kept shooting at, like, the tin can and couldn't hit it from the Mandalorian S28 was, like, probably, like, the best piece of comedy in the entire run of the show. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it like, 
it was there to laugh at without being like obvious about it. There wasn't that wink and a, Hey, everyone get it. Like it was just kind of there for you to appreciate. Like, but I feel I, like I, he I, just I, understands like the, the comedy factor better than some of the other directors. Well, and I feel like the droid that he voiced mm-hmm. worked better for me than the, the, what the droid was supposed to be in rogue one. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, Hmm. Or maybe they'll suddenly announce a new Star Wars project with someone that hasn't even been on the radar yet. There's always that possibility. I mean, do you think that they're just like sitting at their desk at Lucasfilm and they stare off into space and at one point they just like throw their pencil up and they're like, we don't know what we're doing. Well, I mean, so COVID-19 has obviously impacted the industry in lots of negative ways, but I do think it bought them a little bit of time. Because it seemed like they had no clue what they were doing with like the future of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And so, but like soon enough, like it's time to start planning your slate of production for, you know, the second half of 2021 and beyond, you know, there's going to be a vaccine. You're going to be able to start making movies again. Uh, what do you got? You know, it's, it's time to officially go forward with something. Well, yeah. Like, like the thing that we're all expected to do, which is we're supposed to walk out of, uh, stay at home with like a project that we've completed or, or groundwork mm-hmm. that we've laid. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Marvel movies have a tremendous amount of flaws to me, but I do appreciate at least that for a while, they looked at every one of the standalone movies and said, this is a different genre or that's where we're starting. I, I kind of wish they would do that a little bit of Star Wars. I just don't think Star Wars is the same as the Marvel movies. The, all the Marvel movies are based on these like well-known characters that they or can least, just pick and choose from the material. That's not what a Star Wars movie is. I mean, I, I would argue that I think Star Wars could at least adapt to other modes of pulpy storytelling. But even if it's not like different genres and experiments like that, like make it feel like there's variety. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of me, like, like I really wish they would drop the whole everything's canon business because it's nonsense for one, and I think it's just, like, creatively limiting. Like, I think there have at least been rumors about them doing, like, a Dr. Afra TV show or movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a character from the comics I'm, I'm not super familiar with. I think she started out as in, in like, the Darth Vader comics. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. she had her own comics. She's, like, a... She's, like, an evil C-3PO in R2-D2. She has like an evil 3PO and she's um she's like a space archaeologist or something, yep. I think is what her but like, is. But like uh like she's like scrupulous. She's unscrupulous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's a bit of a scoundrel. Um and so it's like, okay, I, I certainly see the but the potential for that. But seemingly the the reason that people like Dr. Afra is in the stories you've already told. So are you just gonna retell those stories? Yeah. Or are you going to treat her comics like marvel treats their comics and just say like well this is a jumping off point we'll we'll take what we want from here and like create our our own story because it seems like that's what they should be doing but that goes against their whole everything's canon edict well i mean you know so like are they just gonna go make a star wars tv show where it's like well this is uh, all stuff i already read in the comic or are they actually going to do something new with it yeah i mean like the obviously the much different franchises but like star trek had lots of books and in, in comic books over the years. And they're all set in the same universe as the movies and TV shows. But the movies and TV shows sure as shit aren't pretending like they're mm-hmm. canon. And that's fine. That's absolutely okay. Uh, like, I wouldn't really be super into like, hey, we're doing a Dr. Aphra TV show. 
it's just going to pick up where like the comic books left off. So if you really want to get to all the good stuff, go read the comics. And then now there's just like a new series that continues from then. Well, and I, I can't imagine that any creator wants to do that. Yeah. Like in, cause I mean, that's the thing that you always see on these things getting adapted into Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever. It's like, yeah, the comic's great. And, and you know, if we just did a straight adaptation of comic to show, it would be good. It would, it would be good. But I can't imagine any showrunners like, yeah, that's the mark that I want to make. No, fuck that. I have a story that I want to tell. Well, also, if you're going to tie it to Vader, then it's just it's another show that's back in the uh, you know the same twenty year span. Yeah, yeah. back in that same twenty year window where there's certain places the story can't go because we already know the outcomes. Oh, I really miss when we didn't know who Ray's mom and dad were. Ray Skywalker. The fact that they had to come out and it's like, everyone's like, ha ha ha, Palpatine fucks. And they're like, well, no, actually it was a failed clone of Palpatine or something, something. Don't ask. Yeah. Well, then it's it. But they're like, oh, you're his granddaughter. It's like, well, actually you aren't. Yeah, not really. Not to get get into semantics. You're you're just the daughter of his failed clone or something. And you just know that guy is, you know, that guy does. I mean, like you've seen his lightsaber ways. Like, you know, he just fucking fucks in a weird way. (laughs) In a weird also, way. like you can tell me that like like him and that bald lady were just friends. Give me a fucking break. Or the guy with the all the horns. You can tell me they're just friends. Oh, Masamata, fuck that guy. Oh, not a fan. I just don't like him. Why not? He just he just seemed like uh, he seemed horny. Just, just like the <laughs> the Mitch McConnell of uh, Senate there, the, the Imperial Senate. Was he was he also slowly rotting from the mm-hmm. inside? Yes. <laughs> don't look at my disfigured hand (laughs) oh Oh, it's just funny to me that mitch mcconnell is somehow more hideous i'm sorry i'm totally body shaming a real human being he is more hideous both inside and out than uh palpatine at his worst which might be rise of skywalker when he's a literal corpse (laughs) at least palpatine has a sense of humor yeah and and some and some showmanship Mm -hmm. and he fucked (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's canon. Guess, guess what I'm wearing under these robes? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how how long you think before you could, you could talk Daisy Ridley back into your Star Wars movie. Uh, well, I mean, the question is. Oh, first of all, I would fucking kill, like twenty years from now, new new figure, new hero shows up on some planet, hands Daisy Ridley a lightsaber, and she just chucks it over her shoulder. <laughs> Oh, I oh that that might be one of the things that pisses me off the most about uh, Rise of Skywalker is the way they just this weapon deserves some respect. God, I fucking hate that. That's such yeah. an insult to Ryan Johnson. I mean, I guess there there's been some like recent reports of John Boyega having some chats with Kathleen Kennedy about his experience. So maybe that could lead towards something new, like. Just the idea of like continuing the storyline is so much more exciting to me than any of these like here's another spin-off show that takes place during the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I I I do legitimately hope that first and foremost he can provide her with some value that she can use to like make the experience of any other person of color working on Star Wars not feel hollow. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, if you're gonna get John Bago back in the series, like in, in some kind of way, that's that's cool. Uh, I still laugh at uh, 
was it uh, Oscar Isaac's just thing in the uh, <laughs> would you ever come back? And he's just like, fuck no. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough to come back to this. It's understandable. I, I I do feel like with these major franchises, there should be someone whose job it is to like, I don't know, take care of their stars. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember like when we were doing the the Harry Potter movies, like an original headcanon, like the, all the stars kind of wanted to quit after four movies. And it's like, is nobody like keeping an eye on the, uh, the, the main part of your franchise, like the most important thing? Which is your actors? Like, is nobody making sure that they're okay and they're taken care of and like that they're not like having a shitty time? There's that, but there's also, I think, I mean, obviously, the, there's a version of what I'm going to suggest that happened in old Hollywood and it was like this like controlling, disgusting system. But I almost feel like you need somebody to help these stars feel like they also have a varied career. Mm hmm. That that so because I mean I think that's one of the things too is is people don't want to get typecast they don't want to do the same thing yeah. over and over again they they don't want to think that their career is going to end with this this project um they like to make more money in different ways so you kind of almost need to like it's it's in your plus you you want to control their image to a certain degree in general so you think it would be some kind of mindset of how you could help them feel happy when they're not doing your movies too mm-hmm. yeah just um, some sort of support system there for them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I mean obviously that there's a there's massive conflict of interest because there's a studios yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's agents and blah 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 and who's looking out for who and who's getting paid, but yeah. Just need some sort of like Lucasfilm executive washroom that they all have the key to, you know. <laughs> what is it, Oscar Isaac? Is he he's Moon Knight, right? I guess maybe, yeah. That sounds like some a headline I read during the pandemic. Because I remember the original rumor was that it was going to be Keanu, which seemed odd, only because Keanu's, quite frankly, I would think too old. Mm. Um, and then, and then there was the whole thing, as we do, and and I I think that's a, it's a good conversation to have, but it gets lost. Is the, you know they cast Oscar Isaac, and then people are like, oh, so we're just going to ignore. Uh, like the Judaism of this character, and then it's like, well, Oscar Isaac is part Jewish, so no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe by the time we get the vaccine, like personally, there'll there'll be some sort of new Star Wars news that we can also look forward to. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be all Mando and Ahsoka from here on out, and that's uh, that's Lucasfilm trying to tell me something about uh, adjusting my interest to my age level. We'll see. <laughs> Just picturing that opening crawl. <laughs> You're 40 now. <laughs> Maybe like cool it on the Star Wars a little mm-hmm. bit. Except for this shirt. I, I I just want to be excited about Star Wars again. I don't think That'd that's nice. crazy. Just remember, yeah. the, remember the hype for the new trailer. Oh, what was I yeah. watching there? There was some. It might have been for the. Great. It might have been for the Lego Star Wars thing, but like they used the some of the the soundtrack from the the final trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. Mm. the the kind of like the force theme like kind of like, like grand you know an orchestral like they they used mm. a clip of that and it just it took me back again to like how excited it, we were to see the rise of skywalker and then what a letdown that movie was and i was just like bummed out for the rest of the day yeah i mean seriously it's like jj abrams did you watch that trailer mm-hmm. and just all of that just right down to the you remember that sassy little bitch walking out and being like roll it again roll it again 
What what good fucking times? We should have known. Before, that's that's what's be, so. Th- 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 before the dark times. Yeah. It's before like, we, the Abrams. We should have known what was coming. We should have seen the signs. They yeah. told us, you know, they tried to show us, but uh, we ignored them because we had hope. Also, especially dark for you and I, being in a hotel room one night after having just gone to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Fond- fondling our $200 lightsabers. And then, like reading the things where it's like, "Welp, yeah, those the leaks were the, the leaks were true." The premiere <laughs> happened that night. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And I just remember like my lightsaber, you know, de-extinguished <laughs> and just <Yeah>. deflated. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it was like the the posters, like all like the like artist commissioned posters they did were so cool. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that's a big thing I have now. It's like I'm not going to buy those posters. I'm I'm almost forty. <laughs> What am I going to do with all these Star Wars posters? I don't know what I'm going to do with these two Raylo prints that I bought. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if they're tasteful, you can just hang them. I bought one of the ones where it's it's a uh, dark ray and she's on a throne. Okay, is she uh, sitting on anything on that throne? Like, what kind of In a this... Raylo print are we talking about? <laughs> In this particular case, it's it's just the throne. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite like Raylo images, and I've I've got a folder of all the. Uh, Fuck it, I'll say it. I've got a folder of all the NSFW. <laughs> I'll reveal it. I don't care. It's 2020. Right. It's been weird, man. Mm-hmm. It's been a weird pandemic. Uh, Star Wars. I think we've covered all the bases we need to cover. And then some. We'll, we'll be back next year, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I don't... I would be A trailer so... for a TV show just isn't nearly as exciting, you know? Like when the, like the Mandalorian trailer dropped, it's just like, who cares? I need, oh yeah, I need I, the good I, shit. I need the pure shit. Well, because I didn't, it's I didn't good, care like, about years away from that. Probably, I didn't care about the Mandalorian as a concept. So yeah, yeah, that trailer was never going to please me, and it didn't. Um, and I and I'm that's fully my bias. I I get that. Um, but I mean, like, I would be so, I would be incapable of coming back each week with a level of excitement worth listening to to talk about the Mandalorian show. Yeah. It'll never happen, but could you just imagine if, like, they, like, were truly working in secret on something and they just, like, Taylor Swift it and, like, dropped, like, a trailer and blew everyone's minds for, like, the next Star Wars movie? Wouldn't that be a... Uh, wasn't that a fun fiction to imagine? And then a couple months later, we get the... Uh, <laughs> the long pond doc- sessions. Yeah, well, just, like, just them, like, just, like, you and McGregor and somebody <laughs> else just, like, sitting with a glass of wine on a porch <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> they, keep, they keep repeating how much of a blast it was to the point where it starts to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. With like a two and a half hour documentary. Yeah, and you're just mm-hmm. like, like, oh shit, Darth Fist was Joe Allen this whole time? <laughs> you're like, man, the, the dude from the National just really isn't saying anything. If you ever, did you ever watch the video when he first wrote that song with like the original lyrics? Of which song? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I forget that he wrote a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. My favorite, one of my favorite songs, "Invisible String." He there's a video you can watch on like YouTube, mm. of the original song that he wrote a couple years ago called "Stella." Mm. The lyrics are fucking bananas. Interesting. <laughs> I I just love the idea that she's just like, "Hey, Mister National, um, can you come and and write with me?" And he's like, "Great, here's some songs that I've already written." And she's just like, "I don't like your lyrics because <laughs> I'm Taylor Swift. Also, your lyrics are fucking weird." Uh, imagine yeah, the world I don't know why because when Folklore came out I didn't even think about how it really is like a national album or at least mm-hmm. half of it anyway this is now a Taylor Swift podcast <laughs> we're transitioning 
Two more age-appropriate Taylor Swift, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you we're know, gonna at least weird. Taylor Swift is still evolving. True, true. And yeah, like you said, she's just coming out of a pandemic. I mean, the fact that, too, like, that dropped in late June, which means she was hitting the ground running in a pandemic when the rest of us were just like, well, I sure learned a lot about big cats. <laughs> <laughs> Bake some Carol bread. Baskin, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, the fucking bread face. Well, cool. I hope for better next year. On that note, may the force be with you. Always. Bye-bye. Shh.